Okay, welcome to episode four of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh, as always, joined by my co-host, Sixten Funquist. Sixten, how are you doing today? It was a little less windy biking over today, wasn't it? It was. Uh, I got a bit of a tailwind, and yeah, sun is shining. There's yeah, it's no... been beautiful here it's for the last awesome. few days. I was uh, wearing shorts the last couple yeah. days because it got up to like 18 degrees and sunny yesterday. It was fantastic. It's awesome. Except for there's no sports and we're probably going to a lockdown, but yeah. Yeah, mix and match of positives and negatives. I think. Exactly. I actually went and collected some firewood yesterday. I thought you were gonna say fireworks, and that would have been that was that would be more fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but anyways, uh, on the docket for the show today, um, SHL award nominees have been announced. There's a cat there, and there is a cat there, and uh, the winners announced on the 14th. So still a few days from now, but we'll go over the nominees, give our opinions as to who we think is most deserving of the awards. Sixth N uh, has some more transfers, some releases, um, just player update information, and I've also prepared a quiz. And we're going to talk about HV71 as well. We are, yes indeed, so because that was the things. random team that you had selected last episode. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Uh, so let's start it off, I guess, with um, some player updates, uh, trades, sure. signings, releases. Uh, big one that you had mentioned um, just before we started. Uh, Victor Fast. Getting, yeah. Getting re-signed with the Lakers, so he'll be returning with them next season. Yeah, another one-year deal, uh, which makes it his seventh season with the club through 2021. 20, uh, he didn't have the best of seasons, but then again, Vekwa didn't in general, so... yeah. I could see a bounce back for him and a one-year deal. doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And um, obviously with uh, the departure of Victor Andrian, uh, they obviously wanted to get at least one goaltender slot locked down for next season. Uh, they still obviously got the backup position uh, vacated at the moment. And I guess, well, the backup position is always easier to find later on in the offseason, depending on when and where we're starting off next season. So... There, should, there, there could be a nice pickup from Vekwe. We've talked about them probably making a high-profile signing uh, elsewhere in uh, in the in the team. And now we know there won't be a high-profile goalie signing. Absolutely. So that's good for them. And uh, I guess their coaching staff will be back. Yeah, things are looking solid, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Um... But then again, not to, to take away from Victor Fast, he has to improve. Absolutely. The coming season. Like you said, he didn't have the best of seasons. Uh, 2.52 goals against average on 907 save percentage. So it's not terrible stats, but from a starting goaltender, especially one who's got experience in the KHL and the NHL, you probably want better stats out of him. Um, but like you said, he didn't exactly have the best team in front of him. No. And with Vic uh, remodeling their defense, we're probably looking at a, a more competent side next season. Ferriestad extended uh, Oscar Beck and Pontus Widerström. So, excellent. Another couple of years for those guys. Uh, sorry, one year deal for both, which makes their line with uh, Carl Jakobsson intact for next season. Yeah, and that was a pretty decent line this season. Too. Yeah, there were. Uh, Beck had uh, two goals and seven assists, but he's only 20 years old, so that was in 40, 47 games. Widerström came over from Kolefjo through uh, during the season. And uh, got uh, three assists in 24 games. And uh, Carl Jakobsson had six goals and three assists in 47 games. So, yeah, so Jakobsson being 19 years old. So well, it's a young line as well, like is. you said. 19 years old, 20 years old. And 25. So, and 25. So, uh, obviously, those two young players are still coming into their own yeah. and are developing well. So, um, obviously, Far Eastad wanted to get those guys locked down for the next yeah. couple of years just to help them develop and maybe stick with the team for the long haul. Also also with Ferrista signing Olga Luxell, like we talked about yes uh, last show show shows that they're 
They seem to be going after younger players and trying to get a bit of a younger roster. Youthful youthful, uh, edge to the team, I suppose. Absolutely. Lynch Shopping signed uh, rookie Arvid Kostmar to, I believe it's a two-year deal, I'm not sure. It's his first uh, first team contract with huh? the SHL side. Well, yeah. congratulations to him. That's always yes. a big one for young players. Just 18 years old. Oh, hey, look at that. That's, I just, a Canucks pulled, draft I just pick. <laughs> pulled up his elite prospects page. He's a Canucks draft pick. 215th overall in uh, last summer's draft by the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, his left shot center, uh, I think. No, sorry, right shot center. Uh, scored his first goal, I believe, against... I can't remember, but it was a nice goal. Went the bar down from close quarters, so that was a nice goal. Um, yeah. Uh, turn out to be a quite a decent time. Should, should mention he did have a couple games played this season. Yeah, eight. Eight goals, yeah, and like you said, he had the one goal. Um, he also played four games last season, didn't have any points. But uh, he is also a product of the Lynch Opening Junior program as well. So he's been with the club uh, ever since, since U16. So, uh, yeah, so obviously he's made his way through the U16, J18, J20, and the Super Elite programs, and now ready to step up into a more full-time role with the big club. We should also mention that Lynch Opening's... Would- talked about this before me obviously being born in lean shopping i well this is gonna be some sort of lean shopping centric sometimes and now it's the time lean shopping's junior ranks are one of the best in sweden and a while back i think believe what, six or seven years back by the when we were lo- looking at the 1600 players in the world like for 15 to 16 years old like five or six of them were from lean shopping which is awesome yeah it's a and, fantastic uh, junior program yeah it is and they've there are, there are more players coming through there that we're going to head back to. Simon Lundmark being one of them. I believe he'll be, be playing in the SHL this coming season. Also, Linköping released uh, Robin Johansson. He left with only one year at the club. He, well, they lost Ole Lixell to Ferristad. And Demon Adam Ginning, or Adam Ginning uh, leaves as well. And this, I think we should pause here. Because this is interesting in many ways. He's six foot... Uh, six foot four, two hundred five. Adam Jennings. Yes. Yeah, he's a big, big he's, body. He's a huge body. He's only twenty years old. He still played one hundred twenty-four games with the first team. Uh, he had a loan spell at Hockey Allsvenskan this season, but mm-hmm. he also played in the World Juniors. Uh, he had a yeah a bit of a roller coaster season, but he's a big body. I spoke to him before the coming season. Uh, well, this past season uh, for a piece for uh, EPRingside.com, where he talked quite uh, in how should I put it put this delicately he talked quite nice about uh, moving to North America not expressing him uh, using those exact words but I can see him moving across the pond so to speak and actually well, yeah, he's, he's, fly, overall by the he's flyers. a flyers yeah and uh, <clears throat> I had, I actually asked him had with the flyers history of being uh, the broad street bullies and fighting and all that if that had affected his play at, at all and he went no and then in his first game he threw the gloves so I don't know they could be yeah I can see him moving to North America to give it a go well he's had a bit of um, a kind of a choppy few seasons he has um, he made his SHL debut debut back in 2016-2017 played 12 games with the big club in Lund Shopping the next season he was back and forth between the J20 team and the SHL club same for last season same for this season as well uh, still played for Super Elite. Only six games this year with Super Elite. Played 27 games in the SHL, 17 games in Hockey Allsvenskan. So he's kind of had trouble kind of finding his place. We should also mention that the Super Elite uh, could be used by the SHL teams for conditioning stints. Mm-hmm. So it can be out of that aspect as well. 
but yeah, he's had a bit of a rocky season, but I can see his style of play fitting more into a smaller rink like the AHL or even the ECHL for a while. And I wouldn't be surprised if he or the Flyers wants to take a chance here. Yeah, and, he, obviously um, he won't make the NHL team. And but. and like you said, um, he's been a part of the, uh, the the Swedish junior team as well for the past few seasons. So I think he had a C. Yes, he was captain for the U twenty team at the World Junior Championships yeah. this year. So, but that goes to show that he and uh, Montaigne, their the, the U twenty national coach, they have a they have a long going. A relationship. relationship. Yeah. yeah, Montan has been with the Linköping for quite a few years, and he lives in Linköping as well. So yeah, yeah, so that's yeah, a, interesting to see where he lands. Um, I can like, see him going across the pond. Like you said, no harm in trying his uh, luck in the AHL, and maybe as a call up for uh, Philadelphia, depending Obviously, on how yeah. he plays. But like you said, he's a big body back there on the blue line, two hundred and five pounds, six foot four, hundred ninety three centimeters, ninety three kilograms. Should try and yeah, throw in both those because. True. I had uh, a comment on uh, the, the, the the Swedish uh, hockey subreddit oh. where I've been posting some of the uh, our, our podcasts, and somebody had mentioned, you know, if you could stick away, get away from the imperial, and also mention the metric so that the Europeans sure. understand. That's true. So trying to throw both of those in for North Americans and Europeans. We should mention that Linköping also released uh, Adam, uh, sorry Anton Gertman, mm. who had a bit of a rocky season. He injury injury played. He only played two preseason games with the team. Uh, when coming back from Oscar's ham uh, prior to this, this season, but they did sign an interesting player as well in shopping. Who's that? Petteri Nikile. Petteri? Petteri Nikile. P E T E R I N I K I L. And then the. Uh, I think I found him. There you go. There he is. And I actually looked this guy up. He's not the biggest of bodies, <laughs> he's only. Uh, I only wrote it down, but it's 5'10", 183 pounds. 179 centimeters, 83 kilograms. There you go. But he did score... He's a. I he's an offensive defenseman. He is indeed. And he scored 22 points in 46 games this past season. One of those goals being on the power play and seven assists on the power play. I looked him up a bit more and he averaged 22 minutes and 11 seconds ice time, which is fourth in the Finnish league overall, which is really, really good. I wish mentioning he was playing for HPK. Yes, Hemelina. Prior to this season, he had 42 points in 59 games, yeah. which was awesome. 38 assists, so yes. obviously he is a big playmaker. Yeah, I can see him um, quarterbacking a power play. On the power play, yeah. absolutely, yeah. But obviously, I, I tried to find his like hits, but the SMD stats page didn't show it for some reason. So right. if anyone knows where I can find this, please let me know. But I I really like this signing, man. It, yeah, it, well, Linköping has... Uh, Made a couple of now with him a couple of good defensive signings. That um, who was the what, the young guy we were talking about coming over from Philip Berglund. Philip Berglund, yeah. Um, so he he's a young guy coming off that uh, could slot in easily on the power play. We were mentioning now, but Terry Nikila as well. Uh, Nikila, twenty seven years old as well. So he's not super young, but no. he's not old. He's probably right at his peak, and so. Yeah, this could work out really well for Lynch. Yeah, and this is a one-year deal, uh, which is understandable. This is just his, kind of a trial. Yeah, exactly. And this is his first time playing outside of HPK, apart from a couple of loan stints to like Peritat or something. First time playing outside of Finland. Yes, and uh, this is quite common when, when Finnish players move to Sweden. They sign a one-year deal or one plus one, where there is an option to extend or uh, not extend, I should say. Um and Linköping actually has a nice heritage of Finnish players throughout the years with Fredrik Norena and when Linköping came up in the early 2000s they signed like five Finnish players at once to establish them in the 
in the then Swedish Elite League. So this is a nice signing, and I expect quite a lot from Nikola. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he slots in. But um, yeah, hopefully it works out well for him and Lin Shoping because after this season, Lin Shoping needs uh, all the help they can get. Yeah, Lin Shoping needs to be back in playoff contention right at the start of next season. And, um, well, I think we had already mentioned it in a previous episode, but, like, this season was kind of opposite to last season for them. Whereas this season, they had a really bad start to the season, but finished very, very strong. Whereas last year, they were great before December, and then completely drove off a cliff to end the season. And so, hopefully, this year, they can take that confidence and that play they had to end the season and start off next season with that kind of play as well. Much like Rögle did, well... A year prior to this, and exactly. we should mention that Linköping went on a really, really high PDO bender starting uh, in the start of last season, which came back down, and we saw them crashing and burning. Now, the opposite quite ha- quite the opposite happened this season, where they didn't actually utilize well, played to their PDO, mm-hmm. and then it came to fruition uh, later on in the season. So, yeah, they're looking really interesting. Absolutely, yeah. It, um it's definitely going to be a different looking Lin Shoping team next year, but it they will. still have uh, kind of their main core of players. Uh, Brock Little, I'm assuming, is coming back. Uh, we know Andrew Gordon is returning as well. Um, I believe Joe Whitney is coming back yeah, as I well. So, so they're keeping their, their big kind of North American core yeah. of players, which they've had for a few seasons now. So, um, But they're obviously going and getting some new guys to bring in. Lin Shoping has been burnt as well, signing like uh, returning Swedish AHL players. Niklas Berg first being one of the latest. Mm. He came to Linköping as this big name signing. Didn't fit at all into the system. And moved to Djurgården where he's had decent success, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I can see Linköping trying to find a couple of forwards. Now their decor is pretty much locked down. Yeah. And we'll see what happens with the goalie position. There's a option for Jonas Gustafsson to cancel his contract. So we'll see what happens. With Jonas Enroth being... Rumored to be signing with Lane Shopping. Yeah, it's um, definitely going to be an interesting offseason in general. Yeah, uh, moving on. Brines released Jakob Blomqvist, uh, previous captain of the team, and also Lucas Setterberg, uh, who got his contract terminated. Lucas Setterberg uh, coming over from Westeros in Hockey Allsenskamp prior to this season, where he scored 43 points, 24 of them being goals, in uh, 52 games, but he did at all play well for Brines. I think he played only like 12 or 13 games scoring two assists. Yeah, so um, probably not a big surprise there no. that they released him. But so. the statement was like something like, uh, he needs a top six role, we're not able to provide that for him, blah, blah, blah. So we'll Maybe. see if anyone takes a flyer. Yeah, exactly. Might land on his feet and come away with uh, a decent contract yeah, next season. Yeah, it can seem like going to Oscar's Town or someone trying to... <laughs> trying to rebuild exactly, and, and pull themselves out of the bottom. Yeah, we, we, should, they... we should really mention that Oscar Town and Lexan have been given a gift from God. Yeah, they like They've been kind of pulled out of the fire. Yeah, and just so they, get, I can see them going all in to try to stay away from relegation battle the next season. Taking this opportunity and really trying to capitalize on it. For sure. Um, Jakob Blomqvist, obviously, previous captain. Bit of a shock, but he's 33 years old now. We'll see what happens there. Kolefjö um, hmm. has released Adam Pettersson. Okay. Uh, he's been with the team for the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think he has like 500 games with him. I can't, I can't be wrong there, I'm not sure. 
Um, they also didn't extend or released, I don't know, uh, D-Man Patrick Norian. And we've, I think we've talked about him before. He's yeah. A nice two-way D-Man. Absolutely. And you had mentioned that you were surprised that maybe Lynn Shopping hadn't gone after him. Yes. Uh, with uh, him being, obviously, having played with uh, Bert Robertson or for Bert Robertson previously. Now, uh, now Philip Bergland is by no way uh, a bad signing. But Patrick Norian should slot in into any team in the SHL, really. He's one of the best two-way D-men <coughs> in the league. He only played 35 games this season due to a uh, lower body in injury. Uh, I think he averaged something like 12 minutes, 47 seconds or something. Just uh, going back to Adam Pedersen really yes. quickly, you were very close with your estimate. Oh. 444 games played. There you go. For left to you. He's only 28 years old, too, yeah. which is a crazy amount of games for a 28-year-old. Um, but anyways, I just wanted to bring that up because that was a decent estimate. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I think, uh, but include uh, the CHL games, and I think I'm getting even closer. Well, if we include playoff games, he had 79 playoff there games and 444 regular season. That rounds it out nicely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Patrick Moran, um, puzzling season, but I can see him signing pretty much anywhere. Yeah, he's definitely going to get picked up. He's he's not going to be passed by yeah. because he is a, he's a good pickup for basically anybody at I, this point. I can see him going abroad, actually. It, that yeah. could happen, but at the same time, like you said, maybe Lexan and Oscar shown. Obviously looking to pull He came themselves. from Lexan. He did. Yes. Right. And so... Who knows? Maybe he'll end up back there or with Oscar Schaum, or like you said, maybe test the water somebody else. You can the options are endless. Or like you said, perhaps test the water somebody else somewhere else in Europe. So Uh, they also extended Thomas Kiskina, the Finnish Mm -hmm. uh, the little Finnish flash, not to use Timo Salana's nickname, but Kiskinen, uh, I think he came in after a few games in November or something, signing with Kolefteo, formerly of Vekko, and I can't really remember where he signed from. But anyway, he scored in his first shift with the club, uh, had a decent season with uh, Joachim Lindstrom and Oscar Muller, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And actually, I spoke to Thomas Kiskinen uh, around Christmas, and uh, he just said... Yeah, it's only I only have to give him the puck and I get, I'll get a point when he talked about Joachim Lindstrom, <laughs> so that's pretty decent. Well, Joachim Lindstrom, he's got, honestly, one of the best shots in the entire league. Yeah. And a bit of a hothead. Bit of a hothead. But, um, yeah, he's, he's obviously one of the elite snipers in the league. And it was... What was the, the, uh, the line two seasons ago? It was Lindstrom... Muller? Muller and um, Per... Was it... Wasn't Patrick Sachbeson? No, uh, he's now playing in the NHL. Pair at start. Pair the Dean? No, no, that's that's the old guy. Harlan um, Holm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was one of the best hockey lines I think I've ever seen in general, not just in this league. And so, um, and obviously Joachim Lindstrom was uh, the leader of that line, but. I'm kind of surprised Joachim Lindstrom didn't make it in the NHL, actually, with that shot. Yeah, with that shot, absolutely. It's um, a bit surprising, but he's obviously found his place here in the league, so and obviously it works well for him. Yeah. And last but not least, Oscar Sam extended Joachim Tallinn two years, and Johanna Salomonson, sorry, Salomonson, uh, with, a, I believe, a one-year deal. Excellent. Then again, uh, HV71 made a signing, but we'll get back to that, I suppose. Well, that's a good segue. Let's... Jump to HV71, who are our featured team of the week. Yes. And what is that signing? That signing is Jesper Kokoren, coming over from Kalskuga. Mm. In second, Yeah, their second Kalskuga signing of the season, actually, having signed uh, Forsberg before. Uh, so, K- 
Kokkonen actually is a decent goal scorer. I think I believe he had like 24 goals or something like that. Let me see. Yes, 24 goals and 14 assists for 38 points in 52 games. Having played in Allsvenskan for the past two seasons, he's had 60 points in total in 103 games, which is decent. That's not bad. And uh, obviously improving to 38 points from his previous 22. Excellent. I believe he can... Yeah, well, I can see him slotting in a line with Forsberg, who they signed from Koskoga before. Yeah. Um, that's looking interesting. Perhaps already a little bit of chemistry there, having played together. Most likely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, moving on with HV71, they made changes in the coaching staff. Yes. So I, I Which had a, seemed to work out well for them. Yeah, they, they, they need to, but, but because uh, I was looking up this up... Throughout my whole, like, being a hockey fan, HV71 has been seen as a powerhouse of the Swedish Hockey League or Swedish Elite League. But since the season uh, uh, 2010-11, they've started, uh, in the regular season, they've finished 1st, 3rd, 4th, 10th, 5th, 9th, 2nd, 8th, 8th, and this past season 5th. So they're a bit of a roller coaster team now. Yeah. Not being at that powerhouse. Obviously, they've won the gold during this time as well, but... They're not consistent in any way, and they've gone through one, two, three, four. Now, oh, hang on. One, two, three, four, five coaches in that span of time. Now, with Stefan Lund leaving and being replaced by Niklas Rahn uh, as the head coach, Stefan Niemann, assistant coach, Jonas Holmström, assistant coach, and William Rahn as the goalie coach, eh, they need to find their their groove again. Yeah. They're not the powerhouse. Who, we all expect them to be. But they did have a very good finish to the season. Um, they did. For the majority of the season, they were out sitting outside the top six. They were kind of flirting with that sixth, seventh, eighth kind of position. But they did uh, manage to turn it around at the end of the season. And just looking at their stat line, the big four, games per game, goals per game, goals against per game, power play, and penalty kill are all very good. Uh, goals per game average 3.04, second overall in the league behind only Faryastad. Uh, goals allowed, how's that? Fifth overall at two and a half goals a game. Uh, their power play was 24%, which was fourth overall, and their penalty kill was 83%, which was third overall. And so for the big four stats, that's a pretty consistent success rate. It is. Going from second to fifth. Yeah. Sitting and yet they, fin- they finished only fifth. And that then they finished only so fifth. They lost a couple of one-goal games, obviously. Yeah. Uh, their longest point streak was six games. Yep. Uh, winning four out of, out of those six. They, ha- they did have a couple four-game win they streaks did, yeah. as well. So they came in stints, but they didn't... They were inconsistent. Yeah. Looking at the game where they lost to Linköping, where Linköping actually found their, found their group winning 4-2 in Linköping, they looked completely baffled. And after that, it looked as a mismatch of play. And then they found their groove again, and then they lost it. It's... They just went back and forth. It's inconsistent, and they need to be more consistent to be the powerhouse we expect them to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, like you said, uh, uh, the one-goal games, they lost five overtime games. They did win six overtime games, but, you know, losing, going just over 50% yeah. in overtime, that's a lot of points left on the board. Yes. So, it's... Uh, 11 overtime games, that's a lot uh, in 52 in 52 games. Oh, that's nothing compared to one of the questions I have for you on the quiz. Dear God. <laughs> uh, I want to had something else to say about HV71, but I can't remember. Now. Oh, oh Lea Sanderson, we should talk about. Yes, because uh, he spent the last two seasons with the New York Rangers and their AHL affiliate kind of bouncing back and forth. And obviously, 
he, I don't know, got tired of not playing consistently with one team and decided to, you know, pack up his bag and come back across the pond to um, continue playing here in the SHL, maybe develop his game for the next couple of seasons. I I have no doubt we'll see him back in the NHL in the next few years. But uh, Leas Anderson came over, what did he have, 12 games played, I think? I think 15. 15 and like 12 points. points. 12 points, geez. Seven of which were uh, goals. And so obviously that was a pretty decent pickup for them. And I'm pretty sure that would have been a fantastic pickup for them going into the playoffs. Yes. Which, of course, are not, not to be happening. No. But, we uh, should mention Johannes Schienwald. We'll come back to him in a, in a little while. But he had a stellar season. 20, yeah, 29 assists, 11 goals, 40 points in 51 games played. Winning there in... The best point getter of HP seventy one, yep. being a D man, uh, twenty two years old. I want to say something like that. Yeah. He came over from Team Raw uh, prior to this season, and he he was insanely good, to be honest. Yeah, he was fantastic, and he's not the biggest uh, player. He's five foot eleven, hundred eighty centimeters, hundred eighty one pounds, eighty two kilograms. Um, but he, like you said, very offensively gifted defenseman on the back end. There, he's twenty, like yeah, twenty two years old. So. Uh, still young, and um, obviously HV71 are, are going to probably look to him to lead their defense for the next few seasons. It's kind of interesting looking at his time on ice. He only played 16 minutes, 30, 13 seconds a game, which is kind of low for a demon, i say. Yeah, but he's still... Putting uh, up 40 points. <laughs> putting up 40 points, yeah, exactly. Um, also, oh. by and away, his best SHL season... He had 22 points last year with Tim Rowe. Before that with Barinas, uh, he, he had 18 games played and didn't put up a single point. Yeah. And so he had, a, yeah, just a real breakout season this year. And if there ever was a Lady Bing award for the SHL, I think we should give it to him. He only had eight penalty minutes in 51 games. games. yeah. As a demon, that's insane. That, that's pretty, that is discipline right yes. there. And he also finished plus fives, which yeah. is uh, pretty good for only missing one game this season. So... Um, I'd also like to talk about HV71's goaltending. Yeah. Because um, they got some pretty good performances between the pipes, obviously, with Jonas Gunnarsson kind of leading the way, and the young Hugo Olnefelt really showing what he could do. Um, played 18 games as, uh, let's see, 19, I think? Something like that, yeah. 18. Oh, there you so, go. So, yeah, and he was a Tampa Bay draft pick. Um, yeah, that looks solid for him to crack that lineup. And uh, there was a game... I can't remember when it was, but I was calling it, and he just absolutely was a brick wall that game. Just made some incredible saves, and so obviously Hugo Oldenfeld, very promising prospect between the pipes for uh, HV seventy one and Jonas Gunnarsson, two point one two goals against and nine sixteen save percentage in thirty five games played. So also pretty decent stat line there. So they've got a nice one A one B combo. Exactly, they've got a decent pair of uh, excuse me goaltenders moving forward, and so yeah, HV seventy one, like you had mentioned, bit of inconsistency this season but we'll hope to kind of flatten the curve i guess next year but kind of flatten the curve there you go ah, <laughs> maybe i've been hearing that <laughs> that sentence too much <laughs> but speaking of consistency i think that's what we're seeing with them signing like kokonen and forsberg from kalskuga they're bringing back daniel berto from from rogue they lost um, marcus lauritsen to malmo but they're we see a, i think we're starting to see a pattern here consistent players coming back bringing stability to the HV71 team in general. And I think that's what we're looking at going forward as well. We should also uh, talk about, I believe he's the only North American on their roster, Anthony Kamara. Yep. First, oh. yeah. first season in the SHL, a bit of a hothead, I would Got say. Got released. Got fired. He did, yeah. Um, 
he was an interesting player that I don't think his style of play really fit in this league. No. Um, he had 59 penalty minutes in 42 games played, and so he was averaging more than, you know, basically a penalty, almost a penalty a game. And it's, yeah, um, he still managed to score 11 goals and 15 assists, and wow, he finished plus 15. (laughs) Highest on the roster. But, uh, like I said, he he was a bit of a hothead, um, had a bit of trouble controlling his temper, um, got into, I think he had one suspension this season, and so, yeah, he, like you said, he's been released, and, um... There, why he was released isn't officially stated, Yeah, but he broke the, uh, hang on, I, we need to cut here, because I need to make a translation, sorry. Yeah, the values. Sorry, he broke. The, he did some stuff that didn't run with the values of the team or the, so, okay. the policies in some one way, shape, or form. But no specifics on that. Yeah, I can. Uh, the cooperation uh, from here on is impossible, according to the team. So they were safe in their decision, and they kicked him out. And you, you know what? You guys perhaps think that maybe that's a trend with him because looking over the last two seasons. In 2017-18, he played for three different teams. He played for Odense Bulldogs in Denmark. He played for Graz 99ers in the um, Austrian League, as well as Erzurland Roosters in the German League. And then last year, stayed with the Roosters and then came over to the SHL this year. So he has had a lot of teams in the last two years alone, three years alone. And so perhaps maybe a bit of a um, bit of trouble adjusting to the European style of play, the European locker rooms. So... Um, didn't have too bad of a season, 26 points, but like you said, obviously he uh, maybe was causing some trouble in the locker room. Probably. Well, I shouldn't say that. It, it could be anything. It could, yes. But apparently they didn't see eye to eye, and that's the result. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up next year. In conclusion to HV71, I expect him to bounce back by far next season. But this being one of the most even leagues in a while... It's tough to say. Fifth place isn't that bad. Yeah, absolutely. Well, are you ready for your quiz? Should we talk about the Humboldt Broncos first? Yes. We should. I agree with that. Um, For anybody who doesn't know, um, I mean, it was big news throughout the hockey world, around the world. Um, But I still did talk to a few European hockey fans that just didn't realize what had happened or maybe the severity of what happened. But two years ago... um, the anniversary was what was it? April eighth, I believe. No, April seventh. Um, the Hugo or the uh, uh, the Humboldt Broncos uh, junior team in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Uh, so you know, sixteen to twenty year olds um, was T boned. Their team bus was T boned by um, well, what do you call them in? It's like a tractor. Isn't it? Well, like a tractor. Well, we call them semis. Yeah, like eighteen wheeler trucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, yeah, true. It was the team bus was basically cut in half, killed sixteen people, severely injured thirteen others. There was nobody on the bus that got out unscratched, and it was an absolutely tragic incident for the hockey world, but for Canada especially, where obviously hockey is just such a massive, massive thing in in our country. And uh, for me, it hit kind of hard, hard particularly because I used to broadcast for one of the junior teams back in BC and so I know what it's like to be on the team bus and you know I've been there before countless times and uh, one of the people killed was the the Humboldt Broncos broadcaster 
And so it was 13 people. I believe it was 11 of the players, the, all of the coaching and training staff, the broadcaster, as well as the bus driver. And uh, it, was a, it was a dark day for hockey. It was indeed, yeah. I, I remember I listened quite a lot to North American's podcasts about hockey, obviously. And I was listening to like the Steve Dangle podcast when I just started the well, the stream and before the episode dangled himself like jumped in saying yeah just got the news about this and I don't know what's going on and it seems to be pretty bad and blah 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 so I just googled and yeah it destroyed uh, it well it destroyed the day it changed like the pace of my life in a way because after all it's only hockey yeah but it's bigger than that in a way. So right. We're all a family, so absolutely sticks yeah. out for Humboldt. Yeah, and yeah, it just sent waves through the entire hockey world. And Indeed, yeah. But then again, the Cinderella stories coming out of it, like the people, the guys actually making a full rehab. Yeah, it's awesome, it's, and how everyone just goes together and helps out goes to show that there's a little hope for humanity. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So, like you said, sticks out for the Humboldt Broncos. Thoughts go out to their families um, and everybody affected by that uh, two years ago yesterday. Yeah. We should mention we're recording on Wednesday. Yeah, we, yeah. And uh, I can't believe there's been two years already. Yeah. So, time flies so fast. All right, let's move on to something a little more lighthearted. I've got a quiz ready for you. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Do I want to do that? I think you'd be okay. Okay, so I put this together this morning. There, are The first five questions are about this season, and then I've got five historical questions as well. <laughs> one, of them I, uh, one of them is actually really cool trivia that probably a lot of people don't realize about the Swedish <laughs> Hockey League. All right, let's start it off. You have to face the microphone. Otherwise. Damn it. <laughs> Do I? Okay, there are five, or there were five countries represented this season by only one player in the league. Holy shit. Can you name three of those countries? Five, so one five countries represented by only one so player. one guy from Finland, let's say, but exactly, but okay, Finland okay. had twenty. Jesus, <laughs> Russia? Nope, there's yeah. not a single Russian in the league. Really? Yeah, there hasn't been in a long time, actually. I thought there was. Huh? Oh, hang on, let me think. Five. No, I'll be far off here. Just name three. Come on. Rack your brain. We talked about one last episode. Young guy. There you go. Dominic Bach. Yeah. Only German in the league. Switzerland? No. Oh. Give me some teams. You gotta give me something. Uh, Malmo Redhawks. Jesus Christ. No, one player. I was about to say Denmark, but that's incorrect then because they had two. Um, He shares his name with a very famous emperor. Huh? What? The player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 understand first... I understand what you're saying. I can't really make the connection. Constantine Komarek. Oh, damn it! From Austria. True. Uh, you Not got Switzerland. You got Germany already with Dominic Bach. Um, male model. Montasamois. Latvia. Starts with an L. Lithuania. Lithuania. Yeah, he's Lithuanian. That's true. I speak Swedish better than I do. Uh, Lexand. Leading point getter. Norway? No. Who was the leading point getter in Luxembourg? Merrick Rivik. Oh, Slovakia. 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 
And this one, I think he came over halfway through the season. France, Johan Ov2. Oh yeah, he's French. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, that's. Well, that's I'm gonna go. Armor. I'm gonna go ahead and say you didn't answer that no, question I d- correctly. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you had mentioned you had mentioned that there was a lot of like 11 overtime games in general. Yeah. Was big. <laughs> yeah. This team, however, lost 11 overtime games this season. They also had a total of 17 overtime games. They lost 11 Ooh. and won six. Uh, Lexand. No. Don't start with an L though. Lynch Open. Really? They lost 11 overtime games, winning 6. I was about 17 to say, overtime I was, games. I was about to say Lynch Open, but I figured, like, the points... No, okay. That's insane, though. 17 overtime games in a 52-game season. That's, that's like, a third. That's a third of their games went yeah. to overtime, which is absolutely crazy. So if... Just pause on that. If they can deduct, I don't know, five of those and make them three-pointers, that's a playoff team. Exactly. Right so that's a, that's a lot of points left on the table. Dude, I hate this quiz. <laughs> Uh, all right. Can well, I get anything right? Probably not. Probably How many questions not. out there? Uh, ten. Holy shit! All right. Are you ready for the next question? No. Are you sure? Yeah. This team won a league high seven overtime games, and only lost three in extra time. I want to say Chelsea. You want to be wrong. Obviously, <laughs> I am. Roadrun. Really? Winning 7 of 10 overtime games this season. This so. sucks. <laughs> Alright, standing 200 centimeters or 6 foot 7, this player was the tallest in the league this <laughs> season. No, this should be. Oh, come on, this should be easy. Yeah, it should be. Ah, it's Don Peterson, wasn't it? No, no it's that was last year. Damn it. What, last year? Peterson didn't play in the league this year, did he? Mm, I think he He's did. Danish. Played for Malmo. So, yes, Prianza, yes, Prianza, Malmo. Defenseman. New signing. Uh, I believe so, yeah. Lauritsen? No. No. Malte Setkov. Damn it! I forget that he's Danish. 21 years old and yeah, he's huge! Jesus Christ. He's only 21 years old. I think so, yeah. He's like he's been around forever. He's he's a pretty young guy. So, with just a combined 3,873 SHL games, this team was the least experienced team this season when it came to SHL experience. Question, how bored have you been the last couple of days to find this out? Sorry, what was the question? 3,873 combined SHL games in their roster oh. is the least experienced team this season. I would say Oscar Sam. No, you would Really? Yes. Do they have more experience? Holy shit. They're also the youngest team in the league at, I think it's 24.8 years old is their average. It's Roba. Really? I, honestly, that's, that's surprising to me. And compare that to the most experienced team, Luleo, has almost 12,000 games between all their players on the roster. That's insane. And that goes to show you just how, how well Rogla performed this season with a very young, inexperienced team. But hold on. Can you see? Can you look at how much Oscar Sam had? Yeah. Let's take a look. That's really impressive. Oscar Sham had just over 4,000. So they were real okay. close to Rogla. Huh. But yeah, there was only four teams with over 10,000. Your Gordon, just over 10,000. Frolunda with 12,000. And uh, Faristad with 10,300. How many did, like, Brina's Linköping or Ru have? Linköping's got 5,700. Brina's 6,200. And... Oh, 
Oh, I'm wrong. Orebro's the least experienced. Ha-ha! <laughs> With 3,100. It doesn't help me, but still. But all these, uh, by the way, uh, just go through the SHL Elite Prospects page. That's There's so much good trivia on there. I know, I know. It's fantastic. I also went to Wikipedia as well. Um, all right, let's go for historical oh. questions. Oh, come on, you should be good at this. I this one you should be able to answer. Yeah, Largest ever hockey game to occur in Sweden was the very first outdoor game in 2009, boasting 31 or 31,144 fans. Where was it played? Gothenburg. Where? Ullevi Stadium. Very good. Farrestad. 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 Farrestad, yeah. And so even by NHL outdoor standards, almost 32,000 fans is... Pretty good. That's a lot of fans. Yeah. This Canadian still holds the record for penalty minutes in a season after racking up 273 oh. minutes in the box during the 2006-2007 season with oh. HV71. Canadian HV71 0607. Yeah. Oh, shoot, I forgot to write down his name. <laughs> uh, Jesus, that's that's wild, though. Uh, uh, first letter? Sorry, I'm just... Oh, uh, L. His first name is L. Uh, um, he shares a, a pretty common last name with a uh, famous goaltender. Smith? Lance Ward. Lance Ward. Oh yeah, damn it! I forgot about him. Two hundred and seventy-three penalty insane, minutes though. in fifty-one games played. He followed that up the next season with two hundred and twelve. There you go. <laughs> I see a pattern here. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember Lance Ward. He was not a popular guy in Asia. Okay, so this one is really cool trivia that I already knew, but probably a lot of people don't. For know. those of you listening, Dave is like. I love historical facts. Yeah, it, it, oh. Okay, so Raúl Lamat who the Lamat Trophy, the championship yeah. trophy, is named offer, after, also considered the father of hockey in Sweden, introduced the game to the country in the early 1920s. He's an American. However, he also started one of the largest film production studios in the world that is still around today. Which film studio did he found? MGM? MGM, Metro-Golden-Mare. There you go. Which I, I thought that was a crazy piece That's of trivia. Insane, though. Because he founded Metro-Golden-Mare, MGM. For those of you who don't know, they're the one with the, the roaring lion uh, at the start of movies kind of thing. Um, but yeah, introduced the sport to the country in the early 1920s. Reft the final game between the uh, the first championship game between Forlunda and Faristad, I believe it was, in 1922. Um, and when did he die? I'm not sure. But, uh, and the Lamat Trophy, which is the championship trophy here in the SHL, obviously named after him, Raoul Lamat. Give him a look up. He's a very interesting character. He died in 1947. Interesting. In Panama City, actually. Interesting. Born in Paris, France. Okay, so this one goes back to last season. Ugh. Second longest game in SHL history was played last year. Both of us were working that yes, game. Yes, we were. And I remember because it was it was a very funny situation, but it went to the 18th minute of triple overtime. Faryastad HV71, who, who scored? scored the game winner? Coming off the boards, moving in, and slapping it home. I still remember Which that Which means goal. I was writing about this You game. were, because you were, you, were you, were, you were stuck at the studio, and I remember you had dinner plans or something like that. Oh, yeah, that went down, down to the drain. <clears throat> and we were, yeah. That's true. Because it was, it was a like three, my birthday. It was a 3.15 start, and it didn't end until about 8.45. True. Oh, yeah, I remember being, being insanely mad about Who that. Who scored the game winner? Uh, I should know this, shouldn't I? Starts with an O. I'm pretty sure there's only one. Oscar Steen. Oscar Steen. There you go. Yeah. 
and uh, it was 27 minutes and one second in triple overtime. Or 17 remember, minutes and one second in triple overtime. I remember my scream of relief and <laughs> able to go home. Well, I remember because there was a goal disallowed in first overtime That's in that true. game as well. And I, I called that game second longest in SHL history, and the year before called the third longest game in SHL history, which was Lynn Shopping HV71, I believe, be, yeah. that went until the 14th minute of triple overtime as well. So, got a couple of long games under my belt. <laughs> okay, final question. You have not done well so far. I haven't. <laughs> With 280 points in 492 games played, this player is the highest scoring Canadian in league history. Highest scoring Canadian. Canadian. 280 points. How many games? 400 and... 492. So it's not Andrew. Is it? Andrew? Gordon? No, God, no. <laughs> He's uh, got a twin brother. The, the answer to this question. He's got a twin brother. Yes. That should just give you the answer. Is it Cam Abbott? It's Chris Abbott. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you had 50-50 chance and you missed it. <laughs> Alright, well, we'll consider that um, not the best start for 610 on the SHL podcast quiz. And now you have to prepare one for me next I have week. to, but... To and now sure. I'm sure you're going to probably prepare just most random things so I don't get anything right. Yes. <laughs> oh, shoutouts. Oh, not shoutouts. Uh, a couple of news items. Frelunda players take a pay cut during April, May, and June due to the coronavirus and helping the team out. Yes. I should also mention that Frelunda will not be applying for government funding during this time which companies and well clubs can do to save their economy uh lulio hasn't made a decision on that yet and neither have lean shopping uh, have their player on a leave with a 7.5 percent pay cut through june the board of governors in lean shopping will make a decision on this later on in the month should also mention and i didn't even realize this next season schedule true has oh, been yeah. released I'm just on the SHL website right now, and it's like, next game, Saturday, September 19th. Yes. Uh, funny I'm story, I'm I was supposed to be the photographer of a wedding on June, I don't know, something or other, 13th. Yeah. They postponed that to September 19th, so oh, well, I will be able to do that. <laughs> I had a wedding to go to this summer as well, but it's been postponed to next summer. Should we go through the uh, first game, maybe? Just the which? The first... The yeah, first, first matchups. Uh, Lexa and Haleftu. Yeah. Uh, afternoon start. There's four afternoon starts, 3.15. Arebro, you're Gordon. Brinus Malmo for Lunday HV71, and then 6 p.m. starts the Lakers Oscarsham, Lulio Fariestad. That's a great game to start yeah. the season. Number and also Rogue Lin Shopping is a nice Rogue game. And also Rogue Shopping as well. That so. will be uh, Lin Shopping travel quite well down to Rogue any day, basically. Yeah. And this is, well, this is, uh, that's a Saturday game, so that will be a packed trip down south from Lean Shopping. Obviously with Probably a few... Probably a team bu- or a fan bus going down over Actually, I think I can see there being three. Yeah. So, actually, we should mention that any visiting team gets 150 tickets. Yes, and also, um, for anybody listening in North America, one of the things that I find awesome in this league is they have dedicated away fan sections. Yes. So all the away fans... Well, you don't have to sit there if you're an away fan. There's usually a standing... Not, but there's not usually a standing room only, no sitting fan section and it is always just crazy yes flags waving chants cheering yeah i just love the fans in this league i really do when i tell people about it back home about like 
the chant, the team chants, the team flags, the team songs. It's very almost a football, European football it atmosphere is, yeah. within the arenas. And me being uh, part of that uh, culture, or I don't know, part of the the game for so long. I, we should mention I was part of the Linköping fan base for fifteen years or so. Yeah, one of the hooligans going around breaking stuff. Well, I was going around. <laughs> I didn't break stuff. Anyway. The, the the Swedish hockey fans travel quite well, mm-hmm. usually throughout the league. Um, we could go deeper into this rabbit hole at a, at a later stage. We should actually do that during one of our interviews, and I have an idea for that. Let's just me do this pretty quickly. Yeah, we um, still have to get on to the awards. True. Um, so whenever there's usually, before, uh, a while back, let's say around the 2010, uh, fans travel pretty much any day. But the, the the now nowadays you can watch the games so easy on the internet on your phone anywhere and we've got a nice TV coverage. There's no like blackouts here. We get it all compared to North America where you have how do you call it? the the regional blackouts? Yeah, or... um, they're not as popular anymore. They used to be. Yeah. Um, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, um, regional blackouts um, when your team was playing at home you wouldn't always be able to watch the game on television because the teams wanted you to buy tickets to actually be at the game, like, in the seats. Yeah. And so you weren't able to watch the game on television if you were in, like, for a Canucks game, if you were in Vancouver or the surrounding areas, it would be what's called blacked out on television. Yeah. There's nothing of that kind here, so we get pretty much unlimited access to the hockey. But going back to the fans, I mean, let's look at the opening games on the September 19th. I can see you, Gordon, travel quite well to Örebro. It's only like an hour and a half by bus or two hours. I can see Malm actually traveling to Brynäs, which is quite some distance, but still it's a Saturday morning. They can go. I know they will probably leave at 7 a.m. going up to Gävle, partying all the way up and then going back down to Malmö. Frölunda, sorry, HB71 fans will for sure go to Gothenburg and Frölunda, which is only an hour and a half away. Vekko Oskarshamn, that's... Close enough for the Oscar Sam fans to travel quite well to Vekra. Uh, Ferista Lulia, well, Lulia Ferista won't be because it's a, like a 600k drive, but still. And uh, like I said, Linköping will travel down south to Rögle. And usually, how it works is that the fan clubs have a deal with the local bus company or whatever, and they arrange buses throughout the season. They, they make a deal on, yeah, we'll be, we will be traveling on these dates, not every away game, but obviously they make a schedule. Or if they're wealthy enough, they will go every game and whenever there isn't an organized trip by the fan club uh, some fans usually grab a car or a minibus or whatever and just go anyway yeah yeah the fans here in sweden are definitely very dedicated and to the teams. swedish supporter culture is very much based like you said uh, or when went into the the european football scene mm-hmm. mostly the british football scene in terms of clothing chants stuff like that so european yeah, English and also Italian, where the tifosi with the flags and all that. So, we, we we will talk more about that. It's it's a nice topic, and for those those of you in North America, this is completely different to anything you'll you'll see. I guess absolutely. All right, uh, let's talk about SHL award nominations. Yeah. We'll start with the rookies. You have the you have the complete list for the awards. Yes, and right the nominees. Yes, awesome. So rookies of the year: Jesper Prodian, left to you, Alexander Holtz, your Gordon, and. A bit of an older one, Manuel Ogren, yeah. who is 26 years old, but is technically his first year in his in the SHL. And um, what's the age cutoff for I don't know. rookie? 
Because I know in the NHL, it used to be 30, but now they've reduced it to 25, I believe. I think so. I can't remember the... Did Artemi Panarin get the Rookie of the Year? Uh, yes, yeah, so he was nominated when he was 26. Six. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Alexander Holtz is kind of the one everybody was talking about before the season because he was projected to go top three in the draft this summer. I think he's still projected to go top three or top five. Top five, probably. Um, and he had uh, a pretty decent showing with your Gordon in his rookie season. Yeah, let's see. He's ranked number five by future considerations, number nine by elite prospects. Um, so he had a good season for his first year as an 18-year-old. Nine goals, seven assists, 35 games played. Also had a decent showing at the World Junior Championships. Yeah, and this... I'm guessing this is the running runaway winner, but I want to... My vote would go to Ogren, actually. Should also mention Jesper Fodin is uh, 25 years old. Yeah, and he so had one hell of a season. He did. Could have 29 points, 12 goals, 17 assists, 49 games played. Some of his assists were highlight oh, real. incredible. Jesus Christ, but I'm, my vote would go for Ogren. Yeah, I think I'd have to go for Ogren as well. He he came like a powerhouse, blasting through anything and anyone. In, he was so fast, too. Yes, and with a nice shot, great physique. He's a complete player and just, just 25 years old. Obviously, time for him to... Uh, sorry, uh, room for him to grow. Uh, but I, I would vote for Ogren. And, uh, you know, can't forget the intangibles. He's got a great head of hair on him. He you has, can see yeah. it flown out the back of yes. his helmet as he flies down the yes. ice. <laughs> he was voted like he got the rookie of the year, some sort, in Jurgården as well. Perfect. Um, yeah, so two obviously Jurgården players out for rookie of the year. Yeah. And just prefer the end as well from Plaf Team. So we should record the next podcast after the winners have been announced so we can see how wrong we are. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're going Manuel Ogren for Manuel rookie Ogren, of the year. Manuel Ogren, yeah. Forwards of the year Friedrich Hanemark, Brock Little, and Marcus Nielsen, Malmo, Lynn Schoping, and Fariestad. And as think, much as I'd love to see Brock Little win it, I'd have to go with Marcus Nielsen. Yeah, scoring 54 points, winning the, uh, the uh, well, he's top point getter in the SHL. He had one hell of a season. Uh, I should I want to point out that Freddie Kandemark had a very nice season as well. 14 goals, 24 assists. Yeah. Didn't miss a single game either. Personal best in goals, assists, and points. Yeah. And uh, he's the captain of Malmo, obviously not close enough to be in contention really with uh, Brock Little so. nor uh, Marcus Nilsson. Brock Little scoring 24. 24 goals. So that's really good as well. That is insane. In 48 games. He was yeah. scoring a, a goal every other game. Yeah. Which is just... In, obviously helping Linköping avoid relegation. Crazy. Battle. Yeah. Uh, but Oscar, the, the progress of Oscar Nilsson has been insane, so I, I'd vote for him. Me as well. I wouldn't complain if Brock Little got the award, but... Yeah, like I said, I'd love to see a little win, but I think Nielsen's going to come away yeah. with it. It would uh, be a nice little win for Brock. Yeah. <laughs> Get up. Okay. <laughs> uh, That's it for today. We're <laughs> Defenseman of the year. Um, I think this is a runaway for Cody Kern. Yeah, but we should mention the other ones. But uh, Eric Gustafson, captain of Luleo, and Johanna Schinval, who we had mentioned earlier in the program, who also had a great season. Yeah. But Cody Kern. I don't think anybody's going to touch no, him. 49 points. <laughs> Boo. He was pretty much anywhere, everywhere. Yeah, a bit of a hothead, actually. Yeah. But, yeah, he's lost for Rugler, moving on somewhere else. Uh, he's with Avant-Garde. Oh. He's already somewhere, signed. Somewhere in Russia, yeah. Okay. It's rumored to be a done deal, so he's moving to the KHL by... Uh, yeah. 
But yeah, both Eric Gustafson and Johannes Schinval, you can't dismiss their seasons just because of the great one that Curran had. Gustafson, fantastic season, leading by example, leading his team in points from the blue line um, as a captain. And then Johannes Schinval, young 22-year-old, having his best season yes. on the blue line as well, who, like we had already talked about him. I can see Schinval winning next season or yeah. a couple of seasons back, uh, down the line. Goaltender finalists, Oscar Olsenfeld, Malmo, Joel Lazanante, no surprise there, Lulio, and Gustav Lindvall for Holaftio. My vote goes Lindvall. My vote goes Lindvall as well. We should mention, well, this is interesting because uh, Lazanante obviously winning last year uh, with some insane numbers back then as well, but Lindvall is less of a product to his system than Lazanante, with Lulio being the compact defensive team. Um... Also honorable mention to Oscar Alsenfeld. These three are by far the best goalies in the league. Absolutely. So so it's really uh, a three horse race down what? to that. But Lindvall, the progress he's made, how he backstopped to two during February, not well when they grabbed twenty nine out of a possible thirty points or 20, yeah twenty nine out of a possible thirty points yeah. in February, winning ten games in a row. Didn't lose a single game all month. Um, and we should also mention Lindvall had by far and away his best season stat-wise, in his SHL career. 37 games played, 1.78 goals against average, and a 9.3 save percentage. It's only a while, like a couple of years back, where Linval was... Uh, 9.35 save percentage, sorry. Where he was shuffling bags at Arlanda Airport to make a living. So it's... Really? He, yeah, he, he's, he was about to quit hockey. He played for the HC Wings, which is an Arlanda team. Was close to quitting, and then just kept on chugging and now here he is so it's a really nice Cinderella story absolutely because yeah back in yeah 2014-2015 he was playing Division 1 third tier league here in Sweden and uh, <laughs> schlepping bags at Arlanda just to get by so yeah. what a I, turnaround had there had. been a world championships I would yeah I'd see him as one of the goalies there absolutely now on to the final category no we have two more right coach of the year we have MVP right MVP right Actually, I think that just got published as well. But let's talk about coaches of the year. Finalists, Cam Abbott for Rogla, Thomas Berglund for Lulio, Tommy Samuelson for Hull Left You. Just because uh, what he was able to do with this team, I would have to go with Cam Abbott. Me too. But the what Cam Abbott and Thomas Berglund are in a league of their own. Thomas Tommy Samuelson did nice with Hull Left You, but it's more of an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, I, Cam Abbott, what he's done with Rogli is what Thomas Berglund did with Lulio a while back. So he actually goes in his footsteps in a way. But it, yeah, it's, it should be Cam Abbott here. And I, I, I still think that last season, despite the fact they finished 8th, Cam Abbott should have gotten a nod in the nominations as well. He was left out of Coach of the Year. But getting his team to the playoffs for the first time since the 90s, second time in club history... And now this season, he has certainly earned that nomination. And personally, hopefully, he wins it. I think he will. And let's take a look at MVPs. Cody Curran, Rogla, Eric Gustafson, Lulio, Marcus Nielsen. <laughs> I, I I feel like we've already talked yeah, about this. Yeah, we have, I think. <laughs> Marcus Nielsen for Fariestad. And this one is obviously kind of more up for debate it is. rather than stats-driven categories because you have to take into consideration which one of these players had the biggest impact on their on the team, team as yeah. a whole. And All I, of them had major impact. I would have to go with Gustafsson. I would have be, to go with Cody Curran. I you think. think so? Yeah. It's, 
It, honestly, it would be a toss-up for me between Gustafson and Curran, but I think just because Gustafson being the captain, um, leading by example, 106 points, coming away with the best... For Lulu, Lulu, not for, for, for Lulu. <laughs> um, coming away with the best season in team history, I think that's the only thing that, in my opinion, gives them a bit of an edge over Rogla. But then again, Rogla did their best season in team history as well. This is getting 92 points. True as well. With with uh, Cody Curran having 49 points by himself. Yeah. So it's a bit of a toss-up between those two guys. It will be tight. It will be. And we can't disregard Marcus Nielsen either. Nope. 54 points scored. Huge showing for him with his with his team, Forestad, who finished second overall. And so I think this... This category in particular is going to be the hardest to predict. It will, yeah. It would be down to the wire. But you're going Curran. Yeah. I'm saying Gustafson. Okay, that's interesting. Perfect. All right, well, yeah, that, that does it for the award nominations. And those are getting announced on the 14th, which is next Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, make sure to hit up the SHL website on Tuesday to check out the winners for the regular season. I think that's it for now. That um, would appear to be... All we have to talk about, and apparently look we have up. a lot to talk about, because we are running just over an hour right Here now. Here we go. Well, look us up on Twitter. I'm Funquist, F-U-N-Q-V-I-S-T. Our podcast is across T-Pond-Pod uh, on Twitter, and you are? Uh, Ashbaugh, at Ashbaugh Dave. I'm not really active on my Twitter account, but uh, yeah, hit us up on our... Uh, our, our Twitter. I should also mention, um, I've been posting the podcast to uh, the Swedish hockey subreddit on yeah. Reddit. So if you're active on Reddit um, and like Swedish hockey, I recommend you go over to it's East Hockey, IS Hockey on Reddit. Um, check out the subreddit there. And uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud. However, I am looking at trying to transfer us to a different hosting site so we can get on Spotify, which is turning out to be a little more complicated than I had expected. <laughs> But hopefully we can get up on Spotify uh, soon, which will make it easier for people to listen yeah. to. And we will be talking about our Patreon going forward as well. Yes, absolutely. Because that would be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that does it for episode four of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh, um, and of course my co-host Sixten Funquist. Everybody out there, stay safe, wash your hands. and Support your local business. Support your local business, because a lot of them are struggling right now. Um, and also try and just, I don't know, do something to not be bored. Play video games. Go outside. Yeah, go for a run or if a you're allowed or to. a bike ride. Yeah. Have a beer. That's also not. a decent idea. Well, depending on the time of day, you know. Or 11.59 a.m., you know? no beer. 12 noon, beer. Anyways, anyway. uh, yeah, we'll talk next week for episode number five. We've also got uh, some interviews in the works that yeah. hopefully we can bring your way in the next couple episodes. Yeah. Take care. Take care.